Join Unrivaled with Alex Curie and Scott Mitchell Friday at the warehouse from 3 to 6 p.m. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Yeah, my throat's certainly a little bit, but I'll give you a boom. Boom! A more intense boom, I'll grant you that. Your boom was better. <laughs> boom. So, professional tease. Are you ready to deliver? Yeah, but it bugs me that you signified me as dude 11. At least put me dude single digits. I didn't know where you were in the group. You could have been dude 4. Yeah, but you immediately went to the back of the line. I went to the middle, actually. 11's kind of the middle. Nonetheless. If not, if there's 12 people. What was the situation? You you shake hands. And isn't he a member of the 12? I mean, come on. At least that's what you told me. Answer the question. (laughs) I hearken back to Labor Day. Probably 12, 13, 14 years ago. And me and the old lady, we decide that we're going to go to the Park City Hotel for the Labor Day weekend. So we go up there, play Park City Golf Course, one of my faves. Very beautiful. Have you played that one? I have not. Very beautiful. In the summer, just just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, so we get up there on a Sunday morning. I think we play, hang by the pool, and... Do the you know whatever you do, and then Monday morning is Labor Day, and we're out by the pool Monday morning, and they have three stories there, and we're out by the pool, and there's a family, extended family, and they're all babbling, and my wife knows a little German because her father spoke five different languages, being from Switzerland, so he understood, and she took German in high school, and they're all going to town in German, right, and then. Out on the balcony, there's, in the middle of the hotel, they have, like, little walkout balconies of, so just, like, that room. And there's three levels, right? And he's, on the top level is, uh, what should I call him? President Uchtdorf? Is that, that, I want to be respectful Elder Uchtdorf. Okay, Elder, there you go, thank you. Elder Uchtdorf comes out, and he's out on the, hit the highest balcony and the patio extends and these rooms have an extension. The other ones in the hotel don't have this outdoor deck basically. Mm -hmm. And so he, but his does. So he's out there up top and he's waving to everybody. And I said, man, I feel like I'm at the Vatican. (laughs) (laughs) Balcony. Religious leader on the balcony. Okay. I got it. Right. And there's, the weather isn't very good that day. Uh, in terms of uh, the sun's not out, it's cloudy, and it's a little breezy. So there's not that many people there. And and he's talking to his family, and they're all going to town in German. Uh. And then, if, I don't know, 20 minutes later, half hour later, he comes down to the ground level, and there's probably 10 people who are not part of the family, my wife and I. And he goes around and introduces himself and shakes everyone's hand and says, how are you? And blah, 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 blah. So I had a little conversation you with Elder Ugdorf. And he said to me, Brother Kinahan, if you're just one degree off, you're going to Hades. This is where the story diverges <laughs> from the truth. 
may I be struck. There were there were two paths, <laughs> and I took the path less truthful. <laughs> no, I took the path of least resistance. You took the path more entertaining. <laughs> and so we had a little chat. All right. Which was the second Latter-day Saint church leader that I have had personal conversations with. I guess I'm compelled to ask who the first was now. <laughs> How do you know it was the first? Well, you said it was the second, so I'm asking Okay, the first. you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Simple deduction. Well, sure, I thought I, I said that. two. Yes, uh, years back on a Friday at uh, the um, Marriott in St. George, uh, Elder Iring, uh, we were right there in the parking lot, mm-hmm. both with trunks open, getting golf clubs. Oh, yeah, you told me that. <laughs> and he was taking a, a, a time off to play some golf with his sons. And so we were in the parking lot, and we chatted about golf. You know, about It's very, you know, five minutes or what have you. But we chatted, and, and it was obvious we were doing the same thing. We went down to St. George to play some golf. I, Did he call you PK? I seriously doubt that. But I have had some of them. I know. <laughs> and that's always made me a little nervous. <laughs> Well, we all enjoy when you're nervous, so yeah. that's good. So we talked a little golf. He was very cordial, and, yep. and he was there with his adult sons. His adult sons weren't there, but they were. It was in. I remember it was in November because BYU had played on a Thursday. Opened up the weekend. Yeah, and I took the Friday off. We were doing the show then, mm-hmm. and I took the Friday off to, to go down and and do what obviously he was doing with his with his children was playing some golf. So there you go. I, I'm practically one of yous. Question of the morning. Farmington High basketball star Colin Chandler picks BYU. How does Mark Pope keep doing it? We have an answer here, which is not surprising. It's an answer that would often be the answer to many recruiting questions over the years. And yet I think it has a different meaning now. What? A guy, Troy Williamson, um, who is a Ute, uh, puts up four bags of money. Now, back in the day... That's the University of Kentucky sending uh, <laughs> sending packages that spill open. Chris Mills and put them on Fairfax High put School. Them on, <laughs> put them Angeles. on probation and get them banned from the tournament. But now, with name, image, and likeness, money's a factor. Money's always going to be a factor. And there's this whole gray area of what schools can set up or how they can help move that in the right direction or how savvy are your boosters? Do they even need to talk to anybody or they just get it and they know how to go and do it? But everybody's worried about this forever and debated it and now it's finally here and it's going to be real. The schools that have more NIL support, that's going to be an advantage. Okay, but they're not supposed to set it up. Right. But I think that's going to be a big gray area. It is. It's a huge gray area. I don't think it should be. Or and some kid, boosters or just don't, don't ask, need don't it. tell type thing. Yeah, there'll be some of that. And some boosters just don't need it. Some boosters don't need they, they can figure it out. They're business people. They have success in business over here. They figure out how this business, intercollegiate athletics, how it works, and they just do it. Okay, but isn't the dad of uh, some type of doctor? Oral surgeon, if I recall. And so is he really going there for money? I would not think so. I mean, no one's turning down money. I get that. But is that his driving decision to go there for money? It's a factor. It's good. There's other factors. I think Pope says, I can help get you in the NBA. <laughs> I think that's a big factor. 
I think the fact that they've qualified for a couple NCAA tournaments in a row and not just sneaking in, not didn't look like they were bound for a a playing game on a Tuesday night in Dayton. He's two for two in NCAs, no doubt yeah. about it. And I think when you go to a game down there, the atmosphere is huge. They drop those huge uh, um, the cloth for, and they project a video up on them, and the place is going nuts. It's loud. Well, yeah, it's but fun. I mean, they, they basically got old people and nerds. <laughs> well, students. Same thing. If you're okay. a BYU student, aren't you a nerd? Well, when they've all interlocked arms and they're <laughs> bouncing back and forth. Doesn't and that, like, does doesn't it feel like, like the library on the a white Tuesday kingdom night. Of, the white kingdom of nerds, doesn't it seem like The that? white kingdom of nerds. Doesn't it? <laughs> if that were a movie, would you go see it? The White Kingdom of Nerds? <laughs> yeah, would you go see that? <laughs> nah, it's more of a rental. I live it at the I'm Marriott not... <laughs> Center. Why would I go see it? It's like I got a buddy who uh, grew up in Compton. He said, I didn't go see straight out of Compton. I lived it. <laughs> <laughs> Local Utah Sports says, I give Chris Burgess 34 the credit here. Assistant coaches. Have good assistant coaches who can recruit. Huge advantage. When Majerus had his run, the staff was stable. They didn't have a lot of turnover. We were talking about turnover with, uh, you are talking Kyle versus Arizona, but really Kyle versus the whole Pac-12 South, all these other schools rotating through guys. And the Utes, they've had some turnover to the assistants, but it's largely been the same cast of characters. A little bit of turnover once in a while. Right. Get good assistants. Doesn't matter if you got Juddy and Donnie back in the day. Kyle and his staff now, or now you look at what Kalani's doing with his staff, or what Pope has going on with BYU basketball. Okay, should Craig Smith have an LDS guy on his staff? If you want to get in-state kids, you would think yes. Really? Yes. Why? It's easier for people to bond with people who are more like them. And it doesn't mean you do bond... But it's like, if you want to recruit African-American players, should you have an all-white staff? That's a different. It is different, but it's not completely different. It's somewhat different. Ron McBride had no problem recruiting LDS kids. True story. He knew all about it. He's not an LDS guy, but he knew all there was to know. But he also had LDS coaches on his staff. I mean, Tompkins just came out of Utah State. He 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 was in the transfer portal, and there were issues up there. And um, and stories have been written about this. The quotes are all on the record. And Tompkins was in the portal and then reconsidered and decided to come back. Now, obviously, he's their star receiver. He's making big plays all over the field, just huge plays. And he has said the fact that the new coach came in and brought a racially diverse staff. He said, okay, this is different. There's somebody who knows what I'm thinking that who I can go different. talk to. Right. But when you're playing for Majerus, do you think it was an advantage for Majerus to have Juddy on his staff who could talk to LDS kids about what Majerus said or what Majerus did and explain? Yeah, but he was a freak. Craig Smith isn't a freak. I grant you there would be less need, but there still might be some need. I want to argue, but I can't really, because my thought is that locally... Uh, Craig Smith has lived in the community now for three years. He's coached one multiple of the, one LDS of the, players. One of the things that should encourage Ute fans is that other coaches who are good coaches, who are talented, knew what they were doing, were moving to the community and never been here. Jack Letty had never been here. 
right? And there's a learning curve. And the fact that Craig has been in the state for three years, that's a positive, without question. Yeah, like like Chris Jones is now going to coach at Highland, right? Mm-hmm. He grew up here. He could recruit an LDS kid. Yep. He didn't have to. He's not LDS. He didn't need to be LDS. But he's lived here a lifetime. Right. So he, and he can walk the walk and talk and when to it, talk. When a kid has a problem, how can a coach buffer isn't always the right word. Sometimes they do need a buffer. But who is it easy for the kid to talk to when times are tough and it's hard to say, it's hard to say what's wrong? It's hard to get the words out. If you have more of a bond and more trust and more of the mental relationship, then it's easier to get the words out. It's not always a slam dunk, 100%. So I would say more local guys, guys that you grew yeah. up playing, okay. that have seen it? you play. And maybe they are LDS, maybe they're not. Chris Jones wasn't. But Chris Jones, uh, well, I can't get into big conversations and reveal uh, confidences, but he recruited LDS kids and had a large amount of success. I'm looking at you, Sam Merrill. Uh, so I think it was it was fine there. Uh, maybe, maybe it does. I, I guess it's just an opinion. I don't really know. I do know that they missed out on this kid. And it, it, to me, and when I hear he's a Utah kid and then he doesn't go, it just makes me nervous for the Utah program. Well, it's certainly bad in the moment, and he's a talent, and then they lost out on him. And now, you know, it doesn't mean before you light it up that he couldn't end up there. We all get that. I mean, the fact that Burgess is coaching at BYU, there's a certain irony to that, given over 30 years. And now you got transfer rules. When he comes back from a mission, you know, will Pope still be there? But I think BYU fans, as far as retaining their good coaches, man, that's one of the big benefits about the Big 12. You know, we could sit here a year ago or even a few months ago and say, is, does Pope want to leave for a Big 12 or ACC job one day? He'll leave for cash. Yeah. So what's, now the, what's the cash? Now he's in the Big 12. Okay, he'll be in the Big 12, obviously. Right. He'll be in, but what's the cash? Yep. You know, well, so I will... There will still be schools that pay more. We'll cross but, that bridge when you get to but it. But there won't be as many schools. There will maybe, be Maybe not. Suitors. Maybe not. They've, they've passed some people up. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but he's certainly got it going on there, and it's amazing to me that he's been able to. He's gotten this one kid who was already committed to Utah, already signed, and then a kid that thought was going to be there. That that's just incredible. And, and we may look back in ten years or twelve years, give him two years to get in after a decade in the league like the Utes are, and say, "Wow, they're better in basketball than they are in football," which for BYU would be the reverse not, of Utah. Not the kind of thing you expected to say. Yeah, in Utah you're clearly saying, wow, they're better in football than they are in basketball. And BYU and, coaches used yeah. to joke with me uh, that they would root for the football team to be really, really good because then the administration wouldn't pay attention to them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they would tell me that. Under the radar. Yeah, yeah. Because football was so dominant there for so long that that's what they would want. And so they'd want that, then they didn't have to worry about guys being on their backs. I mean, we do all make all kinds of assumptions when these re- league realignments happen, and it would be easy to say, you know, talking about the Utes a decade before they went in the league, if they ever get in that league, basketball could compete right away, but football, there'd have to be some heavy lifting done. And now they're in the league for a decade, and football's in a good spot, and basketball has a lot of heavy lifting to be done. Right now, the Utah football program is the premier program in the South. At worst, it's the third best program in the conference. Oregon, Washington, 
Although they're currently struggling. Stanford. I would put them at two. Stanford in the decade has had more success in the decade the Utes have been in the league, but they're currently in a bad Except spot. the Utes always beat them. Right. <laughs> and then SC. You know, that they... The they, potential is there, even though SC is... Well, they were 5-1 and one last year. Yeah. So let's not, let's not dig their grave just yet. You know, it remains to be seen. They got one conference title in this decade since youth came in the league? I think they got more than that. I think I thought they, they got had two. I thought they had two Rose Bowls, but I'd have to double check that. Uh, so they're still on a little bit of a higher level. But right now, today, they're looking for a coach. I would go obviously Utah, and they're going to win their third out of four years. And last year didn't count, so it's three in a row. That's just absolutely amazing. Good for them. They've been a model of consistency and a model of just winning football. Doesn't, they don't win all the time. They're not Ohio State, Alabama, but very few are. There's only two or three who are. Four tops, five maybe. Since the Utes came in the league, Oregon has four titles, Stanford has three, Washington has two, and USC has one. Yeah, uh, the, the, the title thing to me is a little bit misleading because it's just one game. And if you're really good posting 10 win seasons, that's got to count for something. Right, right. You know, it's not, it's crazy the way we do this. For years, it was based on eight, nine games. Now it's only like based on one game. And you can then, literally go 12 and 0 and then lose your conference title game and be done. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> you're not getting it. Not entirely a crapshoot, but it doesn't hold the same meaning. A conference title to me doesn't hold the same meaning that it used to. Because you were tried and tested for weeks. Here you've got to come up and, and make sure you, you got it going on. And the first time they go into the title game, the Utes go in all sorts of hurt. And, you know, lose by, what, three points? Was it 10-7 to seven or something like that? I don't know, six to three? I don't know. Well, that? USC has had four double-digit win seasons in this decade. Right, right, right. So I don't think three you just tens, blow those off. Three tens and the 11. Yeah. You don't blow those off. As far as I'm concerned, you lost that one game. To me, that doesn't make your season as pathetic. I can't. I can't really say that. But now it's on to basketball, man. And and this is this is Mark Harlan's first big hire that the public really cares about. And so, what's it going to be? I'm all sorts of intrigued to see how this thing. Well, plans it's not. Out. It's not who you don't have. It's who you do. You've told us that probably a hundred times. And what do you mean? And you want to get the local guy, especially if he's a legacy kid. But if you don't, you replace him and say you get a dominant seven-footer from Portugal who helps you win a bunch of games, then it works out. Yeah, but you already had an NBA player on the roster. And who was the ball going to at the most important times? It was going to— Sam Merrill. Yeah. So you already had that. He doesn't appear to be inheriting an NBA guy, so I get there's more lifting to do at Utah. But I also don't think it's a great league, and so I think you can get from the bottom to the middle of that league pretty quickly. Now, conquering the top of that league, Oregon's a really good Oregon's a really yeah, good program. You're talking about and Arizona basketball? should be, and UCLA looks yeah, like they're yeah, back. They ended up with a bunch of teams in the Elite Eight. Yeah. So how do you say it wasn't last year was a great league? So that's what, but the bot. I'm saying you can get from the bottom to the middle. Conquering the top will be tough because you're right. They have teams at the top. I agree, but I don't think getting from the bottom to the middle is that hard in that league. Yeah, but the middle ain't going to get you anywhere. Agreed. Well, 
it's easier to recruit better players once you're in the middle and then see it's not such a big jump. It's hard in to recruit theory. them when they're horrible. Oh, yeah, you can still get shut out. But to get a great player when you're way down, that's really hard to do. I just think if you have a top 30 talent in the country in this state. You'd really like to land him. And Especially for me, since kid. I've moved here and he's not going to Utah, that's a surprise because I'm used to those kids and I have all sorts of bias when I worked for the Watchdog covered them. I expect them to go to Utah. And to have this kid not go, that's a surprise And really to the me. other big recruiting news of the day that went the Utes way is what you expected with this. Lander Barton is a very good high school football player. He's a legacy kid. Parents, brothers, sister. Utah should have gotten him if they're going to be a good program. Well, they are a good program, and they did get well, him. Well, plus they paid him off. <laughs> now what are you doing? <laughs> Just trying to get his mom to text me. <laughs> what is wrong with him? I don't know. Doing this almost 20 years, I don't know. I mean, let's call it like it is. Yeah, I can go over to Brighton High right now. And I'll go pick up my daughter today, and I'll see that fancy Escalade in the parking lot, and I'll know immediately. DJ and PK. Just kidding. When we come back, everything you missed in this show will get you up to speed. If you missed Lincoln Kennedy, we talk Raiders, NFL, and Pac-12 football with him. Riley Jensen talks some recruiting, college football insider. We'll get to all that next. Stay with us. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. Utah State returns to Mountain West Conference play with a big trip to the Bay Area for a showdown against the Spartans of San Jose State. Catch all the play-by-play action this Saturday, beginning with the Aggie pregame show on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It would be nice to have an apology, <laughs> Mac. It would be nice to have an apology, but, uh, I mean, it's not going to happen. And, um, I mean, however the NFL handles it, it's, it's, it's on them. I would just like to play them again. And uh, I wish all my fellow uh, DN brothers happy hunting. And that's all. That's Brian Burns talking about Mac Jones. Mac rolling his ankle, grabbing his ankle and rolling him. Wants an apology, but if he doesn't get it, well, happy hunting to the fellow defensive end brothers. Go blow up a quarterback. There's football tonight. Ravens and Dolphins, 620. Dolphins are bad, working with their backup quarterback. Ravens are good. Only two losses. Titans are 7-2. and two, Ravens are 6-2. and two, Second best record in the AFC. So you got that at 6-20. And then at 7 o'clock tonight, the Jazz tip off against the Pacers. we got tickets for that game right now. 855-340-ZONE. Caller 12. 855-340-ZONE. pair of tickets every hour all day long right here on the Zone Sports Network. You can win two tickets right now to see the Jazz and the Pacers. 855-340-ZONE. Game tips off at 7 tonight. Jazz game night. The pregame show starts at 6. Indiana's going back-to-back. They lost to the Nuggets 101-98. No Jokic, no problem for the Nuggets. They get it done anyway, PK. A little bit of a surprise, but Indiana is not a great ball club by any stretch. And I think that in any single game, you can overcome. But obviously, uh, and that's all it was with him, because it was a one-game suspension, so he'll be back. He and his brothers will be back. (laughs) 
<laughs> his brothers have been active on social media. I don't think you want to cross his brothers. That's what I've taken I from guess this. they're martial arts experts. Uh, no thanks. Pacers 4-8. and eight. The only two teams below them in the Eastern standings right now are Orlando and Detroit. They're both struggling big time. But the Jazz lost to the Magic, so tells you right there, be careful. Hey, be careful out there. Old school. Little Hill Street Blues right there. Choice. <laughs> the Lakers beat the Miami Heat. The Heat will be here Saturday. The Heat lost Jimmy Butler in that one, PK. He went to the locker room, injured, only played 12 minutes. Heat will be coming in here playing for the third time in four days, and if they're without uh, Butler as well, playing at elevation, that seems like everything adds up against them. It do. It's all set for the Jazz to go on a streak here. Beat the Pacers tonight, beat the Heat Saturday. Years ago, my neighbor saw Jimmy Butler at the Chick-fil-A down by Southtown. Got his picture taken with him. Good. (laughs) He was in town. He uh, had a connection with that kid who played receiver at BYU. Was a transfer from UTEP? What was his name? I know who you're talking about, but I, I don't know his name right now. Yuck would know, but he's getting the Jazz winner. He's distracted. Yeah. And then Jimmy Butler, they tend to play rap in the and hip-hop in the locker rooms. He started playing country just to irritate the guys, and he ends up liking country. Jordan Leslie. UTEP transfer. Yeah. They had a connection there. Yeah. So he was in town to visit him. So now you and Jimmy Butler are bonded, although he doesn't know it, over his love of country music. I didn't listen to it to irritate people, but my band yesterday on the CMA's Group of the Year, Old Dominion, love, love those guys. Scheduled to see them twice in 2022. Saw them last Friday night. It's awesome. So the Jazz ought to win tonight. Put together a little streak here. They got the second best record in the NBA right oh, now. Oh, I guarantee they win. Eight and three. Do I hear nine and three? I'll leave the market tomorrow if they don't win tonight. You already got a trip planned? And <laughs> covering the Utes at Arizona. <laughs> Thought so. <laughs> I will leave the market if they lose. I will also leave the market if they win. Either way, I'm going to Tucson. Okay, but you didn't have to say that. You didn't have to ruin the story. Good gig. Line. What's the weather like in Tucson? You're going to leave this suck, uh, cold and hit 75 degrees? No. 85 degrees? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the Golf Channel, and they were doing some stuff with the Schwab thing, and they were playing in Phoenix this weekend at the Phoenix Country Club. And so on the bottom, they have the weather, and I was reading it to my wife. Thursday... 85 and sunny, chance of rain, 0%. (laughs) Friday, 85, chance of rain, 0%. And it went through that right through Sunday. 84, 87, 88, 87, 88, 86. That's a good week of weather in Tucson. For sure, yeah. Loving that. We did talk college football with Lincoln Kennedy and Riley Jensen this morning. Everybody very confident with the U chances in the South. What will happen in the North? Watch the Oregon-Washington State game this week. Well, I want Oregon to win. 
I want to set sets up, up a better storyline. Yeah, absolutely, it does. Yeah, I want Oregon to win. Come in here with their one loss, and, and the Pac-12 needs a shot in the arm, man. Yep. And so next Saturday, let, they'll be talking about it. Let the let the Utes wreck everything. So be it. Yeah. But they'll be leading. They'll get some positive pub next Saturday. They'll, you know, game day and all those guys will be talking about that game for sure. Maybe they even come out here. There's been some talk of that. So the conference, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't I want that? Absolutely, I want that. So obviously, I expect the Utes to roll. And then at the same time, I'm rooting for Oregon. This is like the first time ever in the history of my life I've rooted for Oregon. But I want them to win. Now, I, 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 I wanted them to beat Ohio State, that's for sure, earlier in the season. I tend to root for the conference in big non-conference games, and that was huge. Going to Columbus was absolutely huge. There's no other way to spin it. They won that ball game. So even though they have not been all that uh, outstanding, they still nevertheless are, what, 7-1, 8-1, whatever they are, um, and deserve it. And to me, if you go ahead and you beat Utah twice, then I've got no problem with them in being in the title or the f- playoff. They're legit at that point. In my mind, they are because I think and they you, should be. You, the teams, some of these teams around them are playing each other and are going to lose. So Utah is extremely right. legit. And if Oregon's going to be in, aren't you going to root for them to be third, not fourth? Play Georgia later. You don't want Georgia in the semi. I don't care. Georgia's Georgia's legit. Um, what's the difference? You'll still end up with a legit team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but don't, it does I, feel like Georgia's going to roll through it like the way LSU did. I don't know They're about that. They're having their year. Yeah, I don't know about that. But they had Joe Burrow and Chase, and they had mm-hmm. they had just a phenomenal offensive team. Loaded with I, NFL I don't, players. I don't, I don't see that with Georgia. But that doesn't mean they can't win. And then you don't necessarily need that. So um, I want to see the Ducks beat Washington State to set up this huge matchup. Even though for the Utes – it doesn't really mean a whole lot in terms of the Rose Bowl. For in fact, and actually, I could argue you could lose the Rose Bowl by beating Oregon in a. Well, that eliminates the playoff option in the back door, and it is a second place team in the Rose Bowl. Right, right. Which USC did when Washington went, which was the last time. Somebody went. When Oregon went, they went to the Rose Bowl for a semi. So the Rose Bowl's only been backdoored once by a Pac-12 school. USC got in as a non-champion. But play it out. That's where I I think that, uh, and actually if the Utes run the table, man, jeez, that decision to start the the spring stud, really, man. Yikes. That could have cost them a shot at the playoff. But probably not. You don't know that. I don't know it, but... Even after they made the quarterback change, they lost to Oregon State. So there's, right, there's one, one loss. loss. One loss. And it isn't, one loss. it isn't hard to rationalize away San Diego State if he played the whole game there. But it's harder BYU. It's hard to rationalize BYU know, away. And the, and the sports. offensive line was struggling at that point. Yeah, but that, that's exactly why you wanted him in there. Because he had the ability to make something out of nothing. I keep hearing that argument. And that argument drives me crazy. He, that's the exact reason why I wanted Rising in there. Because he has the ability to get out of trouble. Yes, but they still couldn't run the ball. That he was a, that ball. wasn't going to change. And he could have gotten hurt and ruined the whole season. Or they could have won 50 to nothing. And that's the beauty of being a sports <laughs> fan is we can go around and around and around. Washington State and Oregon. 
ESPN, 8.30. So you can track that game. Same time that Utah State's at San Jose State. That's on FS1. And Nevada and San Diego State on the CBS Sports Network. So you got three good games late. Late Saturday night. All right. Anything else we talked about you want to hit on? No, we need to get to Lee's Heating in Air. All right. I don't know if you had a little Lincoln NFL talk you wanted to share. <laughs> you do a good job with that. You know that, right? He likes singing that one. And it buys me time to find it on the list of four right. papers you hand me every day. Because I'm a team player. I'm dude 11. 9 a.m. Slacker Radio Headlines brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for the $59 furnace tune-up special or visit them online at leesheatac.com. Do you Come- realize, hold on a second, do you realize, Yach, Sniggy refers to himself as Elite 11, refers to me as Dude 11. I really don't, but whatever. <laughs> and I'm just somebody 11 over here. Yeah. You're the future. And I've told you that, and you know that, so the back future. off. Quit piling on. The future. Wow. You're a rapper? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, I'm not a rapper. <laughs> not yet. But eventually. All right, your feedback coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. I love listening to DJ and Dude 11 in the morning on my way to work. Makes my day a lot better. Go Kooks. Yeah. See? You got a new thing. Elite 11, Dude 11. <laughs> you just making stuff up, but Not okay. Just, you, you didn't even give me single digits. I couldn't have been Dude 9. I was Dude 11. Go back and listen. I asked, were you the only one there, or were you in the middle of a big group? You know, like 11 out of 25. That, that would. You know how torturous it is enough to listen to you live? Now you want me to go back and listen to you on yes. tape? Little you, did I know. You, I assumed it was like at the Marriott Center or maybe at a football game or something. I had no idea you were at some ritzy hotel. Because you're a grinder, blue-collar dude. I didn't say we were staying at the hotel. We <laughs> snuck in the pool area. Nice. <laughs> Which is plausible because there is another story you've told me. <laughs> Many times. Helping yourself to a pool. <laughs> All right. Question of the morning. Farmington High basketball star Colin Chandler picks BYU. How does Mark, Pete, Mark Pope keep doing it? Thick leg Jake, Brighton High football superstar Lander Barton picks Utah. How does Kyle Whittingham keep doing it? Oh, come on. That was not the same. Man bites dog, dog bites man At here. At no point was this kid considering BYU. It was a Utah legacy kid, and they got him. And that's precisely why you did the double take when Chandler goes to the Y, because Utah legacy kid looked like he was going to Utah, and then he goes to the Y. It's going against the grain and against expectations. It's most surprising. Not that BYU landed a good player. I predict Mark Pope has multiple Sweet 16s by 2021. You just want that to get back to Greg Rubel. <laughs> you just want that to get back to Greg. Well, now make that prediction. I think it'll come true. Well, pick another year other than 2021. <laughs> All right, give him three years in the Big 12. So he starts so that gives in- him five years total to get multiple Sweet 16s. No, I want to see where, what I'm saying is I want to see where he's at after three years in the Big 12. Then I make the prediction. I'm not saying it now. Oh, man. Then you're getting pretty deep into his career, though. You know, a coach stays 10 years and then he wants to move on like Bronco did. I got no issues with that. I don't expect coaches to stay 15 or 20 years in the job. I realize yeah, they might. Yeah, but that's BYU, and most of them do. 
20 years? Most coaches go 20 years? If they're good enough. Cleveland and Rose both went about 10. Oh, yeah, but Dave was an assistant for several years. He was. He had to wait his time. Yeah. So, yeah, but what did, if BYU pays, why would you go anywhere else? You have the, you have the toast of the town here. It's a great environment. It's a great program. <laughs> yep. We'll see. So I'm laughing because I'm reading this next tweet. Uh, <laughs> following on the thread about Lander picking Utah. Well, how does Kyle keep doing it? And next man up uh, says, I know what Kyle did not need. Ryan Smith's money. <laughs> Ryan Smith's money? Oh, man. Well, he doesn't need it, I guess. He's making over $4 mil himself. So, no, he doesn't need it. What are we talking about? Well, I think about? he's taking more as NIL money. Ryan, so Ryan Smith bought this Chandler kid? Is that, is that what we're going with I guess that's this? the implication, yes. All the money now goes through NIL. Like, the money, like, the buying kids thing is fun to talk about with Kentucky and, you know, Tark's UNLV team and whoever else, Arizona and USC, I guess, with the wiretaps. Like, NIL, everything's changed now. No, but what business does he have to bring in a kid? I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. And, and it'd be more like I think Built Bar's the one who's getting all the headlines. The why, but I don't think that's the only deal. I certainly don't think it'll be the only deal going forward. And I do think schools have to get the NL, and I know they're not supposed to arrange it, but you know, there's an official way things are done and unofficial. Schools have got to have NIL stuff in place, or they're going to get left behind. Hey, you go talk to him. Yeah, right. Exactly. It used to be like coaches can't tell you about recruiting if they've got a commitment. Uh-huh. But I was but I was covering it for the newspaper. Last thing we can do is ask someone on the radio, "Hey, so and so just verbally committed. What yeah. do you think about so and so?" They can't do that. No. But can they call a B writer? Yeah, and I used to get calls from both programs. Hey, go call. Uh what's his face? Because what's his face has got some recruiting news for you. Well, I, they would just you say knew what it was. Here's the number of this person. Yeah. And that would be it. Or they would give my number and the kid would call me. There's always a way around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that stuff doesn't bother me at all. I oh, don't no. care. No, I don't, so I don't care. Minor. I and, yeah. and I had no problem doing it, even for, you know, Majerus yeah. wasn't my best friend. I think, but I'd have the yeah. kids would call me. And because they wanted it out there, and they wanted to, to get the publicity for it. Sure. I, th- I think the way the NIL stuff has to go with the companies that are smart is what Built Bar did, where you, you really do partner with the program, not the kid. And I get that gets into a whole area about schools setting up. But I think it has to go that way. There's too much injury or too much issue with kids who are injured who can't play, kids who get sick who can't play, kids who um, just don't perform to the same level that everybody hopes. So and the fans are really tied to the program. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So do it with the program. From get Oklahoma, it out there publicly, Yeah, too. from Oklahoma and Rattler losing the job to uh, who was the kid who uh, Cleveland thought was a huge recruit when he got him? Because he was. Bigelow? Uh, Gar- uh, Garner Meads. Was it? Garner Meads locally? McDonald's yeah. All-American. And you saw yeah. him, and they were just so excited because you saw him right after he committed? I was in the office when, they, when Bigelow committed. Okay. But then they go on a mission, they come back, they're not the same player. And we and popped cold ones in Steve Cleveland's office right then. Coke Zero? Cold ones. <laughs> he called Dave. I was water. literally in his office. <laughs> and he screamed, Dave, get in here! And they they started hugging. I thought, what the hell? I started hugging too. We popped cold ones in the, in the Marriott Center. <laughs> Huge Shasta trailer has now photoshopped some photo of us holding up shirts. <laughs> 
And it says Dude 11. You're holding it up with the number one on it. And mine says Sniggledarf and has the number two on it. It's yeah. the Water Smeet uh, shirts that he ordered. The Nimrod. The, the Nimrod. The Nimrods. Nimrods. I, I, yeah. I, I, but I he's reworked it. Yeah, he's I like reworked it, though. It. You're yeah. Dude. You're Elite 11. I'm Dude 11. <laughs> That's the difference between us. You're Elite uh, and I'm just a dude. Uh, the 80s dude sends one that says, it's just the way it'll be from now on. Hashtag new Big 12 is coming. And they got the Cougars dunking on the youths. Looks like Yoli's throwing down a dunk. And then Mark Pope photoshopped to be the Pope. So there you go. The actual Pope? Uh, you like John Paul? It? Yeah. <laughs> you want to look at yeah, it? Yeah, turn around. I, I can't get any. And what is it? What is it on? 80s dude tweeted that out. Oh, on the Twitter? Yeah. Okay. All right, DJ and PK coming up next. Jake and Ben, more hoops, more jazz tickets, jazz and pacers tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>